0: So, Jeremiah, in this reading, makes three profound declarations. The first is that the exiles are not taken by Nebuchadnezzar from Jerusalem to Babylon, but rather they are sent by God into exile. I want to reread just a portion of it. So, the letter opens out in this particular part, Jeremiah 29, verse 1. It opens with these words. It says very clearly, Now these are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent to to all the people in exile. Particular people. And it says, whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. But then once it gets into the content of the message in verse 4, it opens with these words. And listen carefully. "Thus Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. The wording there is almost word for word, except now the subject has changed. Now it's no longer Nebuchadnezzar who has taken you into exile. Now it is I, God, who has sent you. This is a profound statement. And uh, it's said no less, or restated no less than four times in that particular chapter. What is the message here? The message, or a message here, is that God is still in charge. Even though Nebuchadnezzar had come with his Babylonian army, that God is still in charge. It is not Babylon who is sovereign, it is God. The second thing that Jeremiah declares to the exiles here is that they but that now that they're in Babylon, don't go backwards. Don't go thinking that this is short, don't, don't go thinking short-termism, but rather plant yourselves there in that city. Build and plant lives for yourselves, give your, give your children in marriage, take wives for yourselves, give your daughters in marriage, etc. In other words, establish yourself in that land. Plan for the long term and flourish. It says very clearly there. Increase, do not decrease. And it's reminiscent a little bit of Jacob moving down from the promised land or the land that was promised to him and his, and his ancestors. Uh, oh, sorry, to his, um, to his uh, progeny, I suppose. to go in the other direction. Um, of, e- of Jacob moving to Egypt, where there in Egypt the Hebrew people flourished and became numerous and prospered. So too, God is seeking The exiles, people in exile, people who are removed from the land of promise to flourish as well. The third thing that Jeremiah declares here is that the exiles, and this is quite uh, staggering, he declares that the exiles are to seek the welfare of the city, and as or as the Hebrew text um, uses, the Hebrew text itself says, seek the shalom of the city, the shalom. Some of us might have heard that word before, shalom. It's translated roughly as peace, more times than not. And it means much, much more than that kind of bland feeling of calm or contentment. Shalom refers to that holistic peace of relationship between people, God, and creation. It's the fullness of reconciliation between these three parties. It's what Paul speaks of in 2 Corinthians 5, where God, Paul says, is making all things new and reconciling all things In Jesus Christ, it is this that the exiles are now to seek for the very king, for the very people that have dragged them off to exile, to um, and removed them from their homeland. So, even though the people themselves might be feeling displaced, might be feeling uh, terrible hurt, and might have lost people in the process, family it is for these very people who have done these atrocities. uh, and whom God has used, and this, that's a, a scandalous thing uh, in Jeremiah's time and in our time as well, to even say. That God has used this, these people, to take these people away into exile. Now God is saying to them, seek the shalom of that city. It's the very definition of Jesus' later teaching. Pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies. These three declarations that God has sent you into exile that you are to build your lives there in that place and plan lives and and think of the long term and seek the peace, the shalom of that city. This is, uh, you could say, an answer to that question that's posed in Psalm 137. How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Jeremiah gives the answer here. And it is this framework that the church in the West, that you and I, must adopt today, to engage with the wider world uh, and our society. We are not in our homeland. Rather, we are displaced. The church is displaced. And previously, in generations gone by, the church was in a place of dominance, a place of power. It was all facade. We thought we were home. It's all facade. Now it has been revealed for what it is. We're displaced. We're in a foreign land. And we need to seek a kingdom that is coming, not a kingdom here on earth as our basis of union um, so, uh, so wonderfully puts. And so much more eloquently than I just did. But that we are to seek God's kingdom. We are a people in exile. We're a minority. And we're not, certainly not at home here. And we're certainly not at home now. But there is a home that is coming. It's in the future. And God is bringing it to us in Jesus Christ. And for that day we await hope. You may be interested. I've not read it myself, but I heard it's fantastic, and it's on the it's on the reading list. Um, Michael Frost, who's uh, down in Sydney, uh, he's a, um, a Christian leader, pastor, and he's written on this very subject called Exiles. Um, he's also done a church study on it too, it's called, which is called Exilia. You may be interested to um, have a look at that, uh, as I am interested to have a look at that myself. But this is the framework of being in church today, I believe, and being on mission. It's a helpful metaphor that will give us the right keys and the appropriate way to engage well with the local community. And that's why we're doing things like getting involved with Macbeth State. Because what we want to do as we deepen and increase our relationship in that particular organisation institution, what we're wanting to do is actually seek the shalom, the welfare, the peace of this local community. Regardless of whether you're Christian or not, regardless of whether you have faith or not, you claim some kind of faith, it doesn't matter. We're seeking your shalom. We're seeking the shalom of this place, the welfare, the peace of this place. But in doing so, we believe that in doing so, we are somehow helping or participating in helping God to bring about God's kingdom here on earth as in heaven. And next week, we're going to begin a uh, three-week series on of generosity, where we'll not only be reflecting on our giving and how we use uh, or don't use our money, but... Also, and probably more importantly, we're going to be focusing uh, on how our giving relates to uh, the mission, the mission of God as it's expressed here through St. Mark. So I'll be very excited to share some of our mission plan and our ideas um, and, fo- and focus for next year with you. So I'll be, that'll be over the course of the next three weeks. I'm very excited to share that with you. I can't wait. I'd do it right now if I could. Uh, but in the meantime, in the meantime, we will be a community of people who embodies the rumours of a hope that lies beyond the despair of today, who echo the vision of the kingdom of God, where shalom exists in its fullness in this kingdom of God. And at that time, all people will be valued and loved, and God will be known in God's fullness. Amen. Amen. Let's uh, let's stand and let's respond uh, in song as we sing together. You're the God of this. Actually, before we do that, uh, I really would like to pray. So let's let's pray. Let's turn to God.